Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 85. We're just creeping on up, guys. We're creeping on up to episode 100. This is awesome. Also, side fun fact, I was born in 1985. So how about that? 85, 1985. There we go. I want to get into this because we got a great show. Uh, my guest today, who doesn't really need an introduction, but for those of you newbies, she's an author. She is a revivalist, and she's also the co-founder of Contagious Love International. Let's give it up for my guest today, Jennifer Martin. Excited Jen- to be here, Jeff. Thank yeah. you. It is going to be a great, great show. Kind of what I mean. I was going to. We're planning. We're always planning on having you back, you know, because uh, you're great. But you had uh, when Roe v. Wade got overturned, you had posted, uh, you had shared a dream that you had had or a prophetic word or something, and I, um, it was just awesome. So I was like, yeah. let's let's get you back on the show. And then I saw your notes, and you have even more stuff than you shared. And so I was like, felt my spirit leap with joy. So I'm excited for this. This is going to be great. Amen. Me too. Yeah. Really excited. Yeah. Okay. So let's get just, let's get right into it. All right. So how you had a series of dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is why it's so important to write down your dreams because they might not make sense. And you're like, okay, is God doing a riddle here? Is this a pizza dream? But instead of trying to figure it out, I just write them down. And this one, I said, you know what? I feel like there's something to this. So I'm just going to post it. So the first post I did was July 12th, 2020. So this was the morning after I had that dream, the early morning hours. And so this was during the election year. We're right at the height of COVID hitting, you know, after quarantine in March and the waves hit and all of the things and everything's crazy and the churches are shutting down, you know, and it was just wild. And so this is the summer of 2020 before the Supreme Court thing happens, before the election happens in November. And I have this dream. Um, So I posted about it and I just put I had a dream last night that I was at a Philadelphia Phillies game. It was the World Series, and it was the bottom of the ninth inning, and I was up in the stands, like in the outfield area, and there was, I'm looking at the field, and this person at bat, one of the Phillies, swings and hits this grand slam, and, you know, the bases were loaded, they came in and they scored, and the final score ended up being five to four. And before that, you know, they would have lost, but because of this one grand slam, one swing, it put them over to five to four and everybody starts cheering. We're so excited, you know, and I'm just happy. And then the scene shifts and I go back to my hotel room and I look up and the hotel room number on the door says 1722, 1722. And in the dream, I stared at this door for a really long time and I'm looking at it. And then it's like God wanted me to pause and make sure I remembered this number. Because I looked at it and I'm like, hmm, I'm in room 1722 and I'm just looking at it. And then I go in the door, I go into my room and I wake up. So I wrote it down and I thought, this is amazing because, you know, God has given me dreams and riddles in the past. Mm -hmm. And so I figured this has to be some kind of riddle. And if it's not, well, whatever, but I'm sure not going to, you know, pass it by just in case. So I said, what have I got to go on here? You know, the only thing I have to go on is Philadelphia. Phillies, 
bottom of the ninth inning, five to four, 17-22. But it was the 17-22 throwing me off because... Yeah. I thought, okay, yay, we're going to win. It's going to be a grand slam, you know, because we were all in the election year and we were ready. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, interpret this as Philadelphia is the foundation of our nation. And we know Independence Hall is there and, you know, the signing of the declaration and all of these things. So I was like pulling up all the stuff that it could represent. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, God is saying we're going to win. And it's going to be at the last second because it was bottom of the ninth, last second, one swing, you know? But I was like, but the 1722, like, what yeah. is the 1722? And I was like, okay, well, I'll just Google it. Who Googles it, you know? I said, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I'm going to type in Philadelphia 1722 and see what comes up. Y'all, the first thing that comes up is the Philadelphia Supreme Court was founded in 1722, the year 1722. Wow. It's literally on the seal 1722 at the bottom, the Philadelphia Supreme Court. A lot of people didn't understand. They said, wait a second, wait a second. Our nation wasn't founded until 1726, 1776. Mm -hmm. I said, yes, that is true. But before that, during the colony time, they actually established a court system. And Philadelphia became the first official Supreme Court. Wow. Before that, they had judicial courts and things like that. So it's stamped on there. You guys can do the Google search and you can find it, 1722. So I thought, okay, now this is redirecting my thoughts. So now I have Philadelphia, 1722, connected to a Supreme Court. Why is God connecting it to the Supreme Court, right? So you have to say, okay, well, there was the bottom of the ninth and 5-4. And when I think of 5-4, I think of... The Supreme you know, Court justices making a vote on something and that the outcome would be five to four. Yeah. Right. So I was like, OK, there's something to this. I believe God is saying that something is about to happen and there's going to be a five four decision. So I posted it and I put I believe there's going to be a five four decision in the Supreme Court and it's going to be the vote for life. And so I put that in July. Posted that. Yeah, I, I posted it. And I posted it, um, I put it after I had the dream, and I said, I believe it's going to be for the vote for life. And this was before anything happening in the Supreme Court. So it was really hard for me to post that, guys, because at the time we had a, you know, not a conservative majority. I didn't see any reason why there would be a vote for life in the Supreme Court. So it was really hard to say that, but I knew by faith, God, there's no way I could have known this riddle. There's just no way. So yeah, it, it gave me faith. Ginsburg was still there. Or yeah, she was still in her seat and it was yeah. a, you know, liberal yeah. 6-3, I think, majority of voting. And um, I just knew like that God has given me a riddle. And I said, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Hmm. So, yeah, I just believed it, prayed for it. And the cool thing about it is, and those of you that follow me, you've been on Elijah's Fire, you've been talking about the dark horses, which are the hidden ones coming forward onto the scene. It's just a term. It's just a phrase. It's just like secretariat was a dark horse, you know, and some people might refer to President Trump as a dark horse president because mm -hmm. you don't know they're coming. You don't know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And they just come forward into great success and they cause impact. And so the other cool thing is the Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, the Philadelphia flag has dark horses on it. The Pennsylvania state flag has dark horses on it. I gotta look this up. The two horses. So I was like, what? Literally, and when you think about the Philadelphia Phillies, guys, Phillies, P-H-I-L-L-I-E-S, 
But if we spell it F-I-L-L-Y, Phillies means a young female horse. So we have a horse and a horse, and it's like connected to the dark horse, which, here you go, there's the horses. There they are. And, you know, here's the other one. I just want to show people, like, this was my book. This came out in 2020, May 31st. So yeah. it would have been two months before this dream. Well, I'm my books to came out when you were on Elijah's dreams for the first time. <gasps> That's right, the waves of the dark horses. Oh, that was dreams. August 2020. Okay. There you mm-hmm. go. It was there. So, and I talked about the dark horses on that. So that would have been a month after this dream. So yeah. God was weaving in this, you know, incredible message that He was pointing to a Supreme Court decision that would be five to four, mm-hmm. and um, so. I just knew it and I posted it. Yeah, that's hard. Did you have any questions about that one? No, oh. I mean, not really. I, it's just more, oh, w- was it hard for you to, because uh, this is kind of, there's a lesson, a valuable lesson in this, right? Because mm-hmm. it was right before the election in 2020, or at least kind of not right, right before, but it was in the months leading up to it. And Mm-hmm. You could read that and go, ah, I'm going to just insert, I'm going to fill in the blank, God, I'm going to fill in the blank right. for you. And I think that that's where prophecy and even just prophetic dreams, they get a lot of flack from people and they go, well, I don't believe in it because somebody released this word and, and then it didn't happen. But in their mind, they filled in the blank of what they right. thought was going to happen. And I think that that's a right. really important lesson. It um, is. Yeah. And handling something with care that the God, that God gives you. Yeah. And I've, I've learned that in the past because sometimes things will come to pass in a different way than you thought. And then you look back and you see how God was showing it in the dream or in a word. And then you realize you jumped the gun a little bit or want to interpret it based on what you want. Right. So it's super important not to take any more out of it than what was said. And so I was in the middle of the World Series, right? And so as time went on, um, those, all of those pieces began to connect. The Supreme Court, the World Series, the five to four, and the ninth. And time went on, and we, we moved forward to, um, do you want me to share the next dream first? Or do you want uh, me to talk yeah. about how yeah. those, those riddles connect? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, let's talk about how the riddles connect. Okay, yeah. so... It's like, why the World Series? Why the ninth? Why the five to four? Yeah. Well, when um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, uh, that was September 18th. A lot of you know that was Yom Kippur, which is a high holy day in Israel in the Jewish you know, tradition. Um, and so that was September 18th. And then we know within the month, Amy Coney Barrett is nominated by President Trump. And then she's voted in the night of October 26th. So we have a ninth justice coming in, being voted in on October 26th, which happened to be the week of the World Series. So um, the final game was the next day, game seven. So at the finality of the World Series, we have the ninth justice being confirmed, nominated, you know, confirmed and voted in on October 26th. And so my Supreme Court dream and the World Series being in the dream actually came to pass. That it happened yeah. at the same moment. There was a yeah. Supreme Court ninth. We were at the bottom of the ninth. And it was during the World Series. So the only thing I hadn't seen yet was the five to four. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that was next. Yeah. 
That's crazy mm-hmm. though. Like, and I think that it you couldn't have made <laughs> you couldn't have made it you couldn't have made it up. You couldn't have planned it. And and God likes to confirm. He will confirm. Um, mm-hmm. You know what he speaks, and so uh, I just I think that's so fun. That's so cool. It is so fun. Yeah. And another very cool fact, and you guys interviewed my husband Monday Martin, and a very cool fact is his birthday is October twenty sixth. So we're watching on TV the Senate vote, you know, yay or nay, for mm-hmm. Amy Coney Barrett to be voted in, and we're watching it on his birthday. And the reason why this is so important to us is because Mundy was really believing that she would be the final, you know, gavel to for the vote for life, you know, for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. And it was on his birthday. So we felt like the Lord was just giving him the greatest birthday gift that he could have had because my husband shouldn't have been born. He should have been aborted. And for that to have happened was just a, a supernatural, beautiful gift from the Lord. Oh man, come on! Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting when she was when she was announced, and they said, "Oh, this is Tr- President Trump's pick." It was weird. It was like I just had this knowing. I was like, "She is. She's going to be instrumental mm-hmm. in overturning Roe v. Wade." And here we are. Um, and yeah. I remember my wife and I had quite a few conversations about it. Uh, just in you know the the process of her getting confirmed and all that stuff. So, man, yeah. so yeah. cool. Yeah, and it's incredible how the Lord did that, and the fact that my room was seventeen twenty two. You know, and that is the year that the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania was formed and considered mm-hmm. the first Supreme Court of mm-hmm. what would then become the United States of America down the road, and. I feel like I did some study and they really founded the Supreme Court based on God, foundational righteousness, voting for righteousness, voting for things that are right according to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I knew God was saying the foundation of this Supreme Court was built on complete submission and obedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I said, Lord, you are bringing us back to a restoration of that. I believe that 100% because before Jesus comes back, there is a restoration of things. And like what the foundation was built upon, you know, God can bring back. He can restore the foundations. The Bible talks about he's a restorer of the breach. He's a repairer of the breach. He restores Mm -hmm. the foundations. And I knew that he was showing me that this was what he was doing. And I'm just so thankful that he shared that with me. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. it just, the fact that it was 1722, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like a, a prophecy in and of itself of, of God bringing our nation back to almost like a childlike, cause I mean, it was, if you're going to look at America being like, mm-hmm. okay, well, when they were founded 1776, they, they, they're moving into maturity and the constitution was written and all that stuff as the years progressed, uh, they were moving into maturity and it's almost like, all those things that Jesus says about being children, being like mm-hmm. children. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's something there too. That's still, <laughs> still yeah, it's, it, it's incredible to have a dream like that. I don't, maybe there's a lot of people that have dreams like that. I've not really, I'm not really connected with what's going on. Um, I kind of stay separated with myself and the Lord. I try not to read everybody's prophecies because I want the flow to be pure for me of the download of what I'm getting from the Lord. And so I don't know if anybody has crazy dreams like that, but it seems very detailed, you know, Mm -hmm. 
And um, I've had some dreams like that in the past, but this is one of the, the most detailed dreams that I've had. Wow. There's been a few that he's given me. And then he gave me one um, within months after that, a couple weeks before Ruth Bader Ginsburg pa uh, passed away. Two weeks before, he gave me a dream that really pointed to something happening with the bench. Okay. And it was all symbolic. Um, it was very, very simple. I was just in a dream. I'm looking at a bench. And I see um, like a firearm piece or like an ammo. I see ammunition sitting on the bench. And then my attention is drawn to my left. And I see this person. But I knew he was an enemy. And he came in. And I knew he was coming in to do something. He came over to the bench. He picked up this weaponry with the ammunition. And he disassembled it. Like he took out the cartridge, he took out the pieces, he took out the ammo, he separated all the pieces and, and then he, he put them back down on the bench. And then he turned and he walked away. Hmm. And I'm looking at the bench and I'm looking at this guy and I'm looking at the bench and I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, what? No, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, run over there and I pick up the pieces and I put them all back together. So I reassemble it. And then I knew in the dream that it went to something that I had on my arm and I looked down and I had this like thing on my arm. I had this like watch device on my arm that was a firing mechanism. And I knew this piece that was on the bench had to go into my arm. I knew it into this watch thing, this watch firing mechanism. And I put it in there and I clicked it in and I knew that I had gotten back something that had been taken. You know, mm. and like that enemy had come in to take what was on the bench, disassemble what the ammunition of the bench. And he thought he, he had done his job and that he walked away and that he was going to win. But he didn't realize there was a prayer warrior on the scene mm -hmm. that saw what the enemy was trying to do and said, yeah. no, you don't get to disassemble our bench. You don't get to disassemble and take our ammunition that we have worked for, that we own, that we had the firing mechanism for that belongs to us, the body of Christ. No, I, you give me my ammunition back. I put it back together. I put it back in my firing piece. And, you know, I'm going to take out the enemy with this thing because I knew I was, I could feel it. And, and I just woke up. Okay. That was the dream. And I had that on September 5th. Okay. So this is September 5th, 2020. And it's two weeks before Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes away on September 18th, 2020. Mm. I didn't realize the fullness of the dream until she passed away, to be honest. And then I realized and I connected the pieces of what it actually meant. And I went, oh, my goodness, the bench. Yeah. I was like, it's the bench. It's the judicial law. It's the bench of the law. It's the bench of the, the justices. And where the enemy has come into our bench because our nation was founded on Christ. Our Supreme Court was founded on Christ. Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court has been disassembled by the enemy. And the enemy came in and he took what the church had begun, the power of the church, the ammunition of the church in the beginning stages of the Supreme Court. The enemy came into that, snuck in and disassembled the ammunition that we had put in our bench mm -hmm. by creating yeah. all of this thing that is, you know, happened over the years. But the Lord was saying no more. Yeah. And he was saying, no, my church is going to go and get what has been disassembled. They're going to put it back together. And I have given them the firing mechanism. I've given them the ammunition. And it was a watch. And when you think of watch, what do you think of? Time. Time. Hello. Hello. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah. 
So I was like, okay, the watch was on my arm. I think I can figure this out. I'm armed with time. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what we labeled this message today because God wants us to realize that he's given the church time right now. So me having that go back into my arm, go back onto into that watch piece, and I realize that we have time now. We have the ammunition now, and that the enemy is going to be pushed out of our bench, and that we are going to see the move of the Holy Spirit happen in our day. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks later, she passes away, and I knew. I knew that God was saying, this is it. Judgment has come. Judgment has come yeah. to the bench. And he's saying, my people have prayed, and I have heard them and I am reestablishing the foundation of this court. Mm -hmm. And he spoke it. It's his words. It's not ours. We just have to hear what he's saying. And we have to yield to it and run with it. And then pray those things and decree those things. Come into agreement with those things. Yeah. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. That's really good. So, yeah, and I even see yeah. the, the watch being... Um, being kind of restored time being restored it's it's not even so much that it's a rewinding of the clocks it's a complete restoration of of time you know and especially right. with roe v wade being overturned and and all that stuff it's just a, I mean, man it's i just can't wait to see what happens next that's why that's what I, oh my goodness I and say. you know it was confirmed jeff too because the next day there was an article and i about flipped out and i posted it and uh, I sent it to you guys so you could see it because the next day there was a thing that happened oh, yeah, where there was this, yeah, there was this crazy thing that happened and this guy had a wrist rocket on. It shot, he had a thing on his wrist in a crowd. There was like an attack and this guy was shooting rockets in Portland. Okay, so you remember the whole stuff of about Portland during Portland. 2020. <laughs> of course it was in like, Portland. Okay, so... <laughs> Here's what I posted this on my social media. So you guys can see that on the left right there. It says Portland police arrest over 50 people. Okay. Um, this was a night of demonstrations. Remember when all the manifestations were happening with the enemy burning cities down and all yeah. of the, the riots and stuff in Portland because of the oh, election yeah. year. Okay. So I had this dream on September 5th about a watch, you know, with the ammunition being given to me and look at the thing on the right. It says that a man, I zoomed in so that people could see it had a wrist rocket type device that was launching objects mm. the day after I had a dream where I had a watch launching objects that I was going to be the one launching the I was going to be the one launching the ammunition and I knew this was the enemy manifesting against uh, there is a lawnmower guys I apologize so it's going to bypass in just a minute but there was a I knew this was the enemy manifesting and also a confirmation that what I dreamed was correct. If you see the top right, you see there that in my phone on September 5th, which would update if I had updated it, it would update the date if I even edited it. You guys know that if you have iPhones. So this was not edited. It was written September 5th, 2020. And there is the dream. And uh, watch on my left wrist, you know, and, and there it is. It's all there, September 5th. And then this was September 6th. So I, it's just crazy that that happened. Yeah, that's crazy. I was like, what? Who puts a wrist rocket on their arm? Yeah. Who does that? This guy, whoever this guy is, I was like, okay, so he's lost his mind. We understand that. But like, that's crazy. So I knew the Lord was confirming yeah. that he was giving us a wrist rocket yeah. in the spirit. Yeah. Amen. Wait, yeah, totally. 
That's sweet. Isn't that crazy? It is yeah. wild. So do you always write down your dreams whenever you get them? I do. Or there's some that you don't? I do. It, 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 the only reason that it doesn't get written down is if I'm busy, but it's like in my mind and then I'll go back later and I'll journal it. I don't miss it. I, I see it as super important. Mm -hmm. It's like Israel and the kings of old, you know, they always wrote down the chronicles. They always wrote down what God was doing, what the king was doing. They, they always write down all the things that happen, whatever it is. And they go back and they can refer to it. And thankfully, because of that tradition, Israel was saved because Esther and Mordecai was able to put up, pull up the chronicles and it was being read to the king. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And he heard about what Mordecai had done. The remembrance of Mordecai was read to him because it was journaled down. And then the king rose up and said, honor this man. Wow. And that was one of the parts of the steps taken for Israel to be saved. That's a great point. So journaling is so important. You never know when God's going to bring you back to a dream or something that he highlighted to you in a season and you didn't understand why and then he brings it back or you're opening your journal and you're reading and then you go oh my goodness this happened you wouldn't believe how many times that i've reread dreams and forgot about them and then i'm like that just happened mm -hmm. or god will have me reread it and then i realize i'm reading this right now because god wanted me to go back and read it because he's saying this is now mm. and if i didn't journal I wouldn't have as much faith in the season where I am now. I think that's a great point. Yeah. If I didn't go back and remember what had been said to me. Yeah. It is so vital. And this, these dreams, guys, about God showing us about Roe v. Wade overturning already in 2020 and that the bench, you know, the power of the bench would be returned to the church um, in 2020. These dreams are to tell us God knew. And when it happened, it's to give our faith an upgrade. Yep. Like God spoke to us, okay, let's run with this. Let's run with this vision so that we know that we know that we know God did this, mm. you know, and it's not us. Yeah. Yes. And I think too, there's, uh, there's some people who God is wanting to, to uh, reveal things through your dreams. He's actually speaking to you. And I think that sometimes we can look at a dream that doesn't make sense and we just kind of keep it in our head and we mm -hmm. go, ah, that one doesn't. I know God speaks through dreams, but he didn't speak through that one. So I'm just not even going to write it down. And I think there's there's this process of being a good steward of something that God has given you that it could take a couple of years to, to really start to where you start getting the really heavy dreams. But being a good steward now, as God mm -hmm. is giving you those dreams and writing them down, so some of you need to do that. Some of you need to start writing down your dreams. Do it right now. Like not now, now, but after the show. <laughs> Yeah. When you wake up, write it down or during the day or whenever yeah. you're sitting, having your coffee or whatever, you know, even doing key phrases, you know, they taught us how to do that in school where you would just put a key note or key words down to jog your memory of what you, you dreamed about. You can also do that just really quick and then say, go back and fill it in later. But I want to tell you this, you, you see the character of God throughout uh, the Bible throughout history of how he always um, would speak a prophecy, but oftentimes it wouldn't come to pass for a decade or 20 years. And in the case of Daniel, 70 years before the promise of them to be released from the captivity of Babylon. And Daniel, because of Chronicles, because of the history of the prophecies, Daniel was able to pull that prophecy up. He was able to read it and say, wait a second, 
It's been 70 years since this was given. It's been 70 years they've been in captivity. Now's the time for their deliverance. Now is the time for them to be set free. And Daniel was able to partner with and come into agreement with the Lord's prophecy. And then because of that agreement of heaven and earth, release the words. And then what happened? They were released from captivity. So Daniel was obedient to bring up a prophecy from 70 years before. So I... Trying to figure out the season of when God releases a word is very difficult. He could give you something and it not release for 10 years. He could give you something and it not release for, you know, two years. It could be, it could be in a month. So it's very important to understand if you have a dream, just because it doesn't happen within the day or the week, it could be that God is just telling you to prepare your heart so that when it comes forward, you know that that is the appointed season. And guess what happens? You wrote the vision vision down. Habakkuk 2 says, write the vision down so that he that reads it can run with it. And sometimes, friend, he that reads it is you. Mm. And sometimes, friend, he that runs with it is you. So when you go back and you read it, you're like, I can run with this. I know this is God right now. Yeah. Amen. And is it something that when you start to see, so a dream that you have, um, you write it down, you move on with your life, um, when you see it, it, would you say it's the Holy Spirit recalling the dream back to you when you start to see certain things play out and you go, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Absolutely. Obviously you wrote it down, which to me helps me. I can read dreams that I I wrote down 15 years ago and I'll read Mm -hmm. through them and it'll take me a second, but I'll immediately like, not immediately, but like throughout the course of reading it go, oh yeah, I remember this dream. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm going to help some people because this will, so you, you're keeping your journal of dreams, you're keeping your journal of words and you know, you just maybe at a place where God's not giving you fresh dreams or maybe he's kind of quiet. You know, you have those seasons where it's like, God, I don't know what you're saying. God, you're quiet. You're not really giving me anything new. Those are the moments that I open my journals. I go back and I read everything he has showed me everything he spoke to me. And I look, has this come to pass? What about this? What about this? And I go through it and I say, is, is, is there a season where one of these is now? And I just read over it and the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirit, right? So he bears witness with our spirit, Romans 8, that we are the children of God. So you'll read one and you'll be like, oh, and you'll feel something on it. And you know, the Holy Spirit is saying that is for now. And it's very important. So in the quiet seasons, Go back and read your journal. Sit with the Holy Spirit and just go through them. You know, maybe you see something, maybe you don't, but you're reading it. You're being faithful. You're saying, God, I remember. God, I remember. God, I remember. I won't forget. And I might do that once a month or once every couple months. I'll get my journal back out. I'll read through them. I'll read through them. What, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Am I, am I missing anything? Because I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss anything he showed me to not release it to you guys so that you knew God gave us that ahead of time. It's so important. That's what the spirit of prophecy is for. That's what the prophets are for. So that when the words come to pass, we're like, we know God is with us. He spoke to us. He is with us now. And he is going to deliver us because he showed us ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and holding on to those, you know, you release a word. I partner with it in my faith. And I go, yes. Okay. We're believing for that. Man, that, build, that builds your faith. It, that process of even seeing mm-hmm. it fulfilled, the process... That that's that's where the strength comes from is that resistance, you know, with with your flesh, you know, and, and Satan comes in and he tries to tell you, 
don't do it or, or don't believe in this. It's false. It's fake or whatever. And then you see it fulfilled, man, the, the boost you get in your faith from enduring like that is amazing. And there's a lot of people saying amen, you know, because it's, it's true. There's really nothing like it. Um, you know, and the cool thing is that God is speaking to everybody, right? So there are some people who you're like, I, you, you, you popped in here and you're like, I don't know about this dream thing. And God's speaking through dreams. I well, God actually could be electing you to, to release dreams through. So press in, write down those dreams. That's good stuff. It is, and because God wants to speak to us personally and he wants to speak to us as a corporate body yeah. and he wants to speak to the nation. So we see you know, situations throughout history of the character of God that shows us through biblical history that God gives personal dreams he gives dreams to nations and he gives dreams to his people. So even like you, you see the dream he gave to Pharaoh, you know, and then Joseph had to come in and interpret that dream. Well, God speaks on different levels. So we, we should never cut out any of those, those. We shouldn't limit God in the way he wants to talk. He wants to give you a personal dream. Sometimes he wants to give you dreams for others. Sometimes he wants to give you dream for your church or for the leadership, or for the body of Christ, or sometimes he calls you to a bigger office and he gives you a dream, say, for the nation. Or there's even bigger offices where they have dreams for the world. So there's the, these, these ways, offices of the Holy Spirit of, of finding out what it, is this for corporate, is this for me, you know, and just weighing that out with the Holy Spirit is super important. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so then you you had kind of i think you had touched on this a little bit we'll go back over it but you had a november 1st 2020 yeah situation. i posted after um amy Coney barrett was voted in on the 26th i posted on november 1st that i believed this was a fulfillment of the dream i had and that there would be a 5-4 uh vote for life and that this is it, that this was God saying that he was giving us the power back from the bench and that I believe this is the grand slam and that it would be five to four, that it would be the it was the ninth inning and she's the ninth justice. So um, the, the information, you know, all the facts point to that. And so it was a five, four decision. Many people were confused. They said, no, it was six, three. It was a five, four for Roe v. Wade. Um, Roberts didn't vote for Roe v. Wade. He voted for the six to three in the Mississippi case. Mm. So everybody, you know, is confused on that. They're like, no, it's six, three. Well, there was two votes. There was a six, three vote for Mississippi, but the five, four vote was to overturn Roe v. Wade. Mm. So just to clarify those and you can, you know, I researched it. I read the articles. I made sure. So you guys can also research it to make sure. But yeah, that was it. It was a 5-4 by the ninth justice. The Lord was setting it up the whole time. And only God can do these things. And mm. we need to be grateful and thankful that God has given us time to right. see this fullness of this generation come forth. Mm. Because the enemy wanted to abort a generation. It's been happening for almost 50 years. An entire generation has been aborted. Yep. My generation, your generation too, probably Jeff, we're probably around the same age, yeah. is the most aborted generation of all generations. That's crazy, man. And we're going to be the ones that fight. And our voice is going to come forward for this, the youth right now, for this next generation. And with God causing the overturning of Roe v. Wade, he is saying, I have released judgment against the enemy in this season. And all we have to do is pick up the baton and run with him and just prophesy life and speak life of this generation. And it's time for us guys to 
to really, really take up the heart of the Lord to pray, prophesy over the youth, to mm -hmm. pour into them because the enemy is targeting it oh, so hardcore. Y'all know, everybody knows. And I'm like, hold up. If the enemy's trying to target an entire generation starting from a young age of like three years old, four years old, five years old, through media, through library story reading, through, through teachers that are being put in positions in elementary schools, reading books about being non-binary, like I don't know how you wanted much you want to discuss about those we things, but I'm like, discuss it. Um, this is I'm, insane, insane. I said, hold up! If the enemy is on an onslaught, guys, the church needs to wake up and get on an onslaught. And it's not about taking over the government. You know what we need to do? We just need to get, we need to get in prayer, and we need to push back the enemy right now off this generation, and we need to come together in unity. And we just need to release the love of Christ, and we need to speak the gospel and truth, and and we need to rescue our children. Mm. And um, it's in my youth book, The Dark Horse Youth, um, dreams that I had about rescuing the youth. And they were like in 2018, 2019, when I started having these dreams about young kids. And I didn't know why I was having all of these dreams. And now it all makes sense. The Lord was preparing us years ago. You need to get a heart for the children. It's time to rescue the children. He's like, my heart is vindication against the enemy right now. Vindication against all of the things the enemy's trying to do with the kids and all of the things happening in the earth that are hidden and that are full of darkness and evil. And God's like, I'm judging it. And I'm looking for a people that will come alongside me and fight this war and judge it because he's unleashed it in the spirit. I'm telling you, judgment is here. It's here on the church and it's here on the world. It's like judgment is here. And God is judging the evil. But whoever turns from the evil, you're protected. You're saved. You'll be under the shadow of his wings. Like there's nothing to fear at all. The judgment is not on God's people. It, it's on the world, mm -hmm. you know. And he rescued Noah and his family. And in the midst of a dark generation, he's going to rescue those that are his. Mm -hmm. So there's no fear in, in those things. But I feel a partnership, a clarion call, a trumpet call to the church right now to really sound the alarm in the spirit and start praying over the young people, yep. you know, because we've not seen such a war ever before in our entire life. Yeah, and I do feel like there's going to be a big wave of adoption and not just mm -hmm. like, not even just like literal adoption, but just adopting younger people as your, as your family, as your, I mean, I've released this, you know, this word before on here about uh, the boomer generation and I would say the older Gen Xers uh, taking on younger people as and taking them under their wing in, in mentorship. And, and I feel like that's going, that, that applies to, um, and it's going to look different, but that applies to every generation and, and like my generation and, and, um, and younger, but really looking at, I actually had a really interesting dream last night and I'll leave it at that because I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel released to release it yet, but it was a very interesting dream about, um, young people, um, mm -hmm. and uh, very much on the same topic. Uh, and so um, mm -hmm. I do feel like it's really opened up my eyes, uh, knowing knowing what it means now, because it's, it's one thing to have Roe v. Wade overturned, but that's, that's like the first phase, if you will, of many phases of going, okay, well, hey, man, we knocked the gate down. Like now we need to go in and we need to rescue these people. And that's what God wants to do is he wants to rescue these children. And what does that mean? And, and that may mean coming alongside a woman who you have a conversation with her and she's contemplating abortion. And through your conversation, she decides, no, I want to keep it. 
but she has no means to pay for the babies, you know, the, the medical bills. And that, that, that's where you come in. That's where you come in to say, hey, we will, we will see this through with you. We will take you in. We will help you with this. And that could look different in so many different ways. But it's really gotten me thinking about, like, what, is this, what does this mean? Because we can't just be like, yeah, it's done. Okay, back to it. No, like, no, it, no, absolutely not. So help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Yeah. Amen. You know, and I realize it, it takes sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's um, one of the beautiful sisters on my team. You guys know I have a team now traveling with me. And her name is Rachel, and I think I saw her on here. Rachel is here. She said something to me that shook me to the core. And she said, if every family in every church in America would take in one foster child, there would be no foster care system. Mm. One child. Yeah, that's crazy. What if we all actually did this thing called laying down our lives like Jesus asked us to do? And I feel like, Jeff, that God is redirecting the whole, like, what am I born to do? What am I called to do? What is my calling? What is my gift? And I feel like God's had enough of that. Mm. And I feel like, you know, we need to get more real, you know, because God just said, love God and love others. It's mm-hmm. very simple. And sure, we can we can know our gifts and talents. I think God will reveal those things to us, but I think we've gotten too focused on it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is like, what about building my kingdom and mm-hmm. not your kingdom? Yeah. And this came out um, this weekend, this past week, while I was in Michigan doing the tent revivals. And uh, I said just out of my mouth, I said, the only kingdom that God is interested in is the kingdom inside of you. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within It's in the heart. And I feel like we're going to learn how to one family in every church. Okay. Rachel said uh, one family in every church. Okay. That's even, that's even more. Wow. Like if only one family of every church took one child in, am I saying that right? Rachel, please tell me. Then there would be no foster care system. And it's like the spirit of adoption. Where is this spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that we don't want even a child to suffer, you know? Mm-hmm. And even Jesus said it would be greater for us to tie a rope around our neck and, and throw ourselves into a sea and drown ourselves with a stone attached to it than offend a child. Oh, and it's just like the Lord wants us to care about the children. And when I wrote this book, I didn't realize that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. My book was released 2:22. I released this on 2:22/2022, and it's all about the youth in this generation. And one of the dreams God gave me is chapter three, and I'm I'm reading uh, an audio book for it right now that I'm recording. And I just get this. Oh my goodness, guys! I was reading the chapter called "Saving Our Children." Chapter three was the place I was to start. Only days after Roe v. Wade was overturned, like literally, it had already been written. It was in my book, so and cool. here I am, getting on. And I, I wept through the whole chapter. I couldn't make it because I was like, "This, this is so beautiful that the Lord brought me here and had me reading "Saving the Children." chapter three on audiobook. And I said, oh my goodness, how orchestrated is this? 
we every moment of our life, guys, if we are led by the Spirit of God, if we are His and we don't walk after the flesh, every moment of our life is orchestrated and ordained by God and becomes supernatural and the flow of God. You know how we quote that scripture, um, all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. We love that scripture. But the next part of it says, for those who love God. It's not for those who quote scripture, for those who attend church yet live a sinful lifestyle the rest of the week. No, all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. You truly yield to him. All the things in your life are going to work together for good. And you can take a child in and it's not going to be hard. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Like we all have to be ready to be enlisted. Yes, sir. We are in the army now and rescue our kids. So that dream about saving the children was in 2019. And I was in the dream saving them from being drowned. And I was like, I got to get these kids out of here. They're going to die. They're going to drown. They're going to drown. They're going to die. And the whole dream was me trying to rescue the kids. And then God woke me up out of that part and put me into another scene in the dream. And now I'm trying to rescue them from fire. There's fire everywhere and the kids are everywhere. They're getting burned. And I'm like, I got to save them. I got to rescue them. They're going to get burned. They're going to get burned. And I'm coming up out of this dream, like saving children all night long. I was saving children in this dream. Mm. And I put that in there and I was like, I don't know what you want us to do. Lord, I don't know what you want us to do. Like your heart is for the children, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do other than release these words, you know, and then this burden hits me because I had multiple dreams about the children and this was 2019, you know, and before 2020 hit and before all the things with saving the children actually became a hashtag. I had the dream before it was hashtag save the children, you know, and that was the whole thing, the movement. And I knew God was showing me the movement, but it's like in the midst of the movement, what's our response? Like Jeff is saying, and let's just, let's, let's do it guys. Let's do this. We can do this. If you can take in a puppy, you know, you can take in a child, like really, I mean, people want pets Mm -hmm. all the time and it's like, What's the difference? You can raise a child. You can raise an animal and you have your house filled with animals. You can raise a child too. And God will give you grace for this. And so we all have to be ready to do this. And my shirt today is guess what? Family. (laughs) Guess what it says. Let me, let me. Family. Here it is. Read it. It says, it. it says a group of individuals united by love, always having room for just one more. Nice. Always having room for just one more. You can do it, guys. We ask for the grace for that in Jesus' name. So that Mm -hmm. is our response. You're right, Jeff. We we have to be ready to do this thing called Kingdom Family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because there's a lot of people in my generation who uh, have opted not to have kids. And obviously, you know, my wife and I've been married for a while and we still, we don't have kids, but it's not that we don't want to have kids, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. um, so, but there are a lot who have this aversion to children and they hate, like, I love mm-hmm. kids. Um, and, uh, but I remember talking to a lot of my coworkers when I worked at different, different places uh, who uh, had this disdain towards children mm-hmm. and, it's, it makes me really sad because um, all of us were kids once, you know? And so to me, it's like to, to then have disdain toward for a child to me is this when they're so innocent and special. And um, yeah, but it's interesting that now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, the it's now being put on millennials and even Gen X uh, to 
to be like, hey, what are you going to do? That Step it up. Step up. And that, yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting, interesting thing. Yeah. And God's going to give us the grace. We can do this, guys. We can mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And, um, you know, me writing this book about the Dark Horse youth, I didn't realize how much of a movement God is wanting it to become. And I've had teenagers, you know, so I am raising them up. It may not be that I've adopted them like out of the foster care system, but we are we are mentoring and fathering and mothering young people all over of all ages. And with this revival outpouring that we've been in, they're really getting, uh, you know, trained, equipped, loved on, healed. And I have young people following me that have they've started groups called, you know, Dark Horse Youth. So they've started like oh, really? these youth, yes, gatherings and groups. They've created their own things and they're having Bible studies and they're preaching at their schools and they're having like outside events. Like they are on fire and it just spreads. It's spreading that contagious fire. So guys, what I think we're going to see is these kids get so hit by that awakening, this movement of family that these kids are going to get it. They're going to run with it. We're going to see young adults and teenagers get moved on by the Holy Spirit right now. And they're probably going to be the greatest fighters, I think, for their generation and the ones that come after them. Because there's something inside of this generation, the young ones that are right now, they are the most hungry people I have seen. I mean, adults are hungry, too. Don't get me wrong. But these kids for their age, they are weeping and wailing on their face for the Lord at these revivals. They're getting deliverance. They're getting healed of trauma. They're, they're, they're screaming. They're jumping. They're singing. They're, they're, they love God. And I'm like, there's a fire inside of them. So they're going to spread it. They're going to spread it to the ones after them. They are going to take this baton and they are going to create a tidal wave of the Holy Spirit for this earth. Mm. And I'm like, hey. I'll serve them if I have to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to take the fire and God puts it on them, I'll be like, can I serve? Can I work your book table or whatever? But <laughs> yeah, I'll put away chairs. Yeah. I will. I mean, <laughs> just put me in the move of the Holy Ghost. I don't care where it is, you know? So we're forerunners guys right now, but we're going to see the, our youth are going to get so impacted by what we're seeing going before them that we're going to see them like nonstop. They're going to hard, they are going to hit it and they're not going to stop running. And it's going to cause a shaking, like their feet pounding the ground. It's going to shake the earth. It's a whole herd of dark horses coming. I saw it in my dream. It's a whole herd of of these youth horses pounding the earth. I saw it. And as their hooves pounded in the dream, the entire earth was shaking. The sound was so loud and magnificent. I knew there's a sound coming that we're about to hear. And I had that in 2019. So here we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. It's so exciting. And yes. And I, so we has God shown you are these like the young young kids right now? Like I would say 12 and younger. Would you say that 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 group of children rising yeah. up? them yeah and the teenagers too like right above that the teens going up into 18 19 i would say you know like 19 and younger that whole group okay that whole generation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. but they need the elders that's gen alpha yeah gen z and gen alpha so like the older teens i think are still gen z and Mm -hmm. then uh gen alpha is everyone younger than that 
Okay. But it's going to take all three generations. So I don't want people to get a wrong picture of what that looks like. It's still going to take the olders, our generation, all of us together, because that's how we get the full picture of Christ. Mm. But there's going to be like a zeal and a movement with the youth, but they're still going to have us as support, mothers, fathers, prayer support, and help. You know, we're going to have to help them. So it's going to take all of us. Mm. Nobody's yeah. left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I've, I released a similar, similar thing, especially when I, I don't know how long ago it, it was now where we're going as the body. I, I think even just with the focus of Elijah fire. Yeah. We're, we're aiming towards, you know, younger individuals or, you know, semi younger, I don't know. Um, but, mm-hmm. but it's not just for them. It's for everybody because where God is going, we need everybody because in order to, do things differently, which is what God is wanting to do. It, it requires the expertise that all different generations have and all the, the different areas that they excelled in. To, that's how we, and then obviously you had the older generation saying, hey, watch out for these pitfalls, watch out for this, but then mm-hmm. also instilling a lot into the younger generations. And it's, um, it's very much needed. So, yeah. yeah, and they can't do it without us. And um, God showed me a picture of that in my first book, The Dark Horse Prophet, which you guys also have mm-hmm. uh, in your store. And in that dream, I saw a picture of where the positions were supposed to be for each generation. So I saw the elder generation, I saw the middle generation, and I saw the younger generation. And the elder generation, so the picture was the, um, it was me standing at the head of this dark horse and then the dark horse was in the middle of course and then the younger generation represented by my son samuel at the time he would have maybe been 12 or 13 of the dream i think about 13. so the younger generation was in the back and they were the ones causing assisting the birth so my job in the dream was to keep the animal calm i was at the head of the movement which means i was pioneering through prayer and intercession so the elder us and above guys if you're if you're older than you know 40s you know 40s and up you are the intercessors you understand moving in the holy spirit we had the whole move of glory that came you know uh, in the past the prophetic movement and the glory movement of understanding the holy spirit that has been preparing our generation so that we can move in that uh, realm for the next generation. And so we're moving in this really sensitive place of the Holy Spirit where we pray and we decree and we, the way that we do warfare through our praise and worship and intercession. And we are at the head, we're at the spear of this movement. Um, So the horse is in the middle, the dark horse, that's the next generation. So we are raising up the dark horses right now. This is, that's, so that's going to be below 40. So the 30s, you know, and below. And then, so they are the ones in the dream, they were pregnant, okay? It was pregnant, had to give birth. There's a lot more symbolism. I can't go into all of that right now. But keeping it simple, it was pregnant, it needed to give birth, and my job was to remain at the head and make sure the birthing happened the way it was supposed to happen. Mm. And that's what intercessors do. The dark horse is carrying the next movement that's supposed to birth. That is their position. They are to birth it. The young children behind, my son coming back behind, he said, don't worry, mom, I know what to do. And he he went behind the horse and he proceeded to help in the birthing of the baby. And so the young generation coming up, the teenagers and younger, are going to be the ones that are going to capture this movement. And then they're going to nurture it and raise it 
for symbolism. You know, it's just symbolism analogy to the move of the spirit. They're going to capture this move of the spirit from the dark horses and they're going to run with it. They're going to be the ones that see the harvesting of it. So we're going to see the harvest of souls with this next younger generation. The great harvest prophesied by Bob Jones was to start in 2020. He said it would reach a peak in 2022. And then he said the following decade would be an entire decade of harvest. And so that's where we are right now. Oh, man. Abs- that's where we are. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. Absolutely. Come yeah. on. So exciting. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, those two books really seem, I mean, very timely. I, and I'm sure there's other books out there, too. But it really does seem like just from my conversations with you, they're blueprints battle battle plans uh you know showing showing what's up and how things are going so it's it's great that you have both of those and uh, everybody we make it easy for you around here their links are in the description you can click on them and you can go buy them right now if you have not right this second so you have you need to and it's not about me guys trying to get books out there i actually was anti-book i I literally told the Lord, I will never write a book. Like I was so (laughs) anti book. And then the Lord visits me and tells me you write down that dark horse dream I gave you because that dream belongs to the church and you write it down and you do it quickly. He literally nicely, you know, rebuked me and said, you do this for the people. It's I gave it for them and I could feel the alert go off in my spirit. Like I have to hurry. I have to write this down. I have to do it now. And I, I did it as, as fast as I could. And thank God it was exactly timed when it released in 2020. It was the moment it was supposed to be released. And um, now I know why you said hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same with the youth book. But yeah, it is, it is words for, for the church today. It is prophecy. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, yeah. Jennifer, it's always great having you on the show. I love it. It's so great. Um, yes. Can you pray? Can you pray for people? Can you pray for the people? Absolutely. So, Father, we just thank you right now, Lord. We are in such a new, fresh season. I know we're all feeling the stretching, Lord. We are feeling this fresh wind from heaven, this fresh fire. We're feeling the movement in the earth. We're seeing you align and shift everything. In many nations, and not just America, but all across the world, Lord, we're seeing you shift things. It's like you're preparing for something. And I just believe, Lord, that we you're preparing your people for the move of the Spirit and for what is to come, that the world would try to come against us with the Antichrist spirit. And you want our hearts to be ready and prepared for both of the things that are coming to, it's like the light is rising and the dark is rising. And Lord, you want us to be prepared and to be strong in the spirit. And this is what I want to pray for the people today, Father, that Holy Spirit, you would come on them right now and that there would be a boldness in the spirit, that the anointing would come on you for you to be prepared and ready for all that God is doing, not just in your life, but in the earth today, in the church today, in this move of the spirit coming forth, in this tsunami wave that God is bringing of the harvest of the youth, that God would speak to you clearly and that you would see and know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, that you can be in obedience to him in the part that you play for the body of Christ, not just for your own family, but the position God God has put you in, whether it's intercession or worship or whatever it is, Lord, I pray right now 
that it would be so clear the position you've given them in the spirit, that they would be able to run with the vision that you've put in their heart, Lord, to bring forth the full harvest that you're preparing us for. And God, the return of Jesus, that you're preparing our heart and you are, you are purifying our hearts so that we will be a bride for you, so that we'll be ready for you, God. And I just pray any place, Lord, that the enemy has tried to bring distraction in their lives, that those distractions would go from your life in Jesus' name. And just where the enemy has tried to come in like a flood, I pray right now that the Spirit of God would raise the standard against the enemy that has tried to come against your life. And that every every single thing that God has planted inside of you, every seed that He has planted inside of you, every word, every dream, every every. Holy Spirit moment that you've had where he has downloaded things in you. I speak to those seeds right now and I just speak, let them come forth in Jesus name. Holy Ghost, release your water, release your river right now, release your fire in them right now. And I speak, Lord, that there would be a living water that would water those seeds of destiny, of of prophetic fulfillment, not just for their lives, but this generation so that we could step into the fullness that you have for us. God, I call forth every member that hasn't been placed in the body of Christ, every leg and arm and ear and eye. Lord, I just call them forth right now to get in position in Jesus' name, that there would be a spirit of unity come forth and that every member would get, would get in line, that would become part of the front lines. Lord, that we can see this movement come forth of your hand in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak right now every enemy that has come against them just to break off in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of God come on you now. Burn everything that's not of God. Holy Spirit, that's your job. Burn everything that's not of God and give them boldness. Give them strength. Give them joy. Give them love. Give them peace. I bless you, friends, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jennifer Martin, everybody. Jennifer Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, how can people follow you on the socials? Yes. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. All the usernames are Jennifer Martin CLI. Jennifer Martin CLI. And that's for Contagious Love International. Oh, you also have a new school coming up. I do. And there's yeah. a website right here. You guys can go to that website and find all my links. If you just scroll down to the bottom of the website, my Facebook and YouTube and Instagram is there. Um, and our events, if you click on events, our schools are there and our revivals are there. But you guys, you you totally jumped on the Tennessee Deliverance School. Last time I was on here with Jeff and within two weeks, we had 400 people sign up and had to turn away 100, like at least yeah. 100 people. And you guys <laughs> are... That, that's a great problem to have. Okay. Such a good problem. You guys are so hungry. I'm like, okay, we need to make more space. So we found a bigger space. And now we're going to be in New Jersey and we have space for 700 people. But you have to sign up. It's in Pennsville, New Jersey, August 12th through the 14th. And you can just go right there and you can find all the links. And there's probably some in the chat. Yeah. yeah, seven sessions of teaching and revival services. So we do those at night. So we do all the things. Oh, it's going to be lit. Yeah. Be so lit. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. Jennifer Martin, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Bless you, guys. Yeah. So everybody, that's our show. Join us on Friday when we embark on a new series. Jennifer Martin was our first series of Deliverance. Then we did Kelsey. Now we're going to be doing one all about parenting. How timely is that, Jennifer? Come so timely. On. Yeah, it's all about parenting. So this is going to be like a perfect episode. 
to send out to people who don't maybe don't normally watch this if you've got a young if you've got a daughter who's a young mom perfect perfect series for her to watch or somebody who's uh you're in your 60s or 70s or 80s and you you're like you know what i i'm believing what jeff's saying i'm believing what the other prophets are saying and we're gonna take people under our wings this is gonna be a perfect thing so it's gonna be with harmony klingenmeyer we had a lot of people recommend hey you guys should have back to do a series on parenting but during the show the lord already told me he was like you're gonna have this you're gonna have this woman back on and you're gonna talk all about parenting but here's the thing mm -hmm. it is important in a move of god to not let your ego get in the way that has no place and so even during the episode i was like i want this to be as good as possible and i knew that in order to do that i had to sideline myself and allow someone else with more authority to host it so i brought in my sister jen my older sister jen who is an amazing mom and she's actually going to be hosting those four episodes it's starting this friday four parts it's going to be amazing you guys you're not going to want to miss it join us then and we'll see you on friday this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can check out the elijah fire podcast on elijahfire.com on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.